Welcome back to the Darting Through the Faith podcast. I'm Father Sean Wilson, and with me today is Julia <laughs> Monet. With a little sun. I was going to say, like, you know, you got a little sun on your yeah. nose. I was going to see if I could bring that in, but all I could think of is, like, Rudolph. And I was like, it's not that. It's not that not, red. Not that noticeable. Yeah. Um, nor do I want to be that mean. <laughs> but I said it, so. So you're, it's um, already called out. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't want to rub it in or anything, but I spent the last six-ish days in Florida. Wow. So I got a little sun. Cool. I mean, this, I missed the snow. And yeah. I hear you guys got more of it last week when I was gone. Did it Probably. snow Probably. It's been like dusting regularly. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't bad, though. I mean, yeah. so. I couldn't tell you how many sleds I rode. It was awesome. <laughs> After you, oh. last episode, yeah. Yeah. We finished on time. I was in a hurry last week. We finished on time. So as an added bonus, I took that sled that we were talking about, and I went down the hill. You went down the hill. And it I'm was all witness. sorts of fun. Yeah. It looked like you were having a jolly good time. <laughs> I was. You screamed the whole way down. Did I? I think I smiled. I don't think there was any screaming. That's how I remembered it. Okay. Was there screaming? I don't think. No. I don't think you did. Oh, (laughs) I don't think I did, but there were other people who went down the hill or may or may not have screamed and fallen over. Sorry, I'm getting, yeah, I'm getting things mixed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's on me. Yeah. That's on me. I was very graceful. (laughs) That's right. You really were. Yes. (laughs) You are remembering that wrong. I don't know. Anyway, it's all good. It was fun. There was no snow in Florida, just sunshine mm. and um, other things. <laughs> so, people. People. Lots of sun people. And land uh-huh. and water. Right. So good. Anyway, all good. Well, we're happy to have you back. Thank you. It is good to be back. Glad you had a good trip. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, what we're I back. Miss? Huh? What I miss. I actually missed a lot. Yeah. In terms of church life. Last yeah. week was the big announcement. Right. In the Archdiocese yeah. of Cincinnati. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I'm caught up. So. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's priests going to parishes, <laughs> going to families of parishes. <laughs> right. Coming right. your way. Right. And you're staying. That's that's what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Praise God. I know. Or I I'm know. sorry. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but <laughs> I don't know how you guys feel about that. <laughs> it's a praise God moment for me. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. It's a tough break moment for many people. Right. <laughs> Not me, though. Perhaps even our listeners. Yeah. Like, maybe if he goes, this will end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they listen to this upon their own free that's will. That's true. That's, that's absolutely true. That's true. That's true. So, if you hate it, turn it off. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that's true. So anyway, okay. That's but good. if you like it, feel free to do it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be a number flashing in the bottom of your that's screen. That's right. <laughs> Call 555 That's right. <clears throat> yeah. I'll give them your bank account information. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> they can give a penny, take a penny. <laughs> <laughs> Pennies, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if pennies are what you need, I can provide. Oh, good. Uh, good. All right. Well, so we're talking about <laughs> yes. God. And first, we're going to talk to God. In the name of the Father, okay. and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. Lord, we give you thanks for all that you continue to do in our lives. We thank you especially for your abundant mercy. We ask that we may always be grateful for the mercy which you show in our lives and that it may radiate in all that we do and all that we say. And we pray for all of those who are furthest from you. And we entrust this time into your hands through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So as you so astutely put, we are talking about God today. We are talking about God. Specifically about how God is at work in the sacrament of penance. That's right. What are the effects of the sacrament of reconciliation? And then what is the actual right of the sacrament? R-I-T-E, the right. How right. do we work our way through the sacrament? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. And then like slid in the middle of those sure. sections in the catechism is the part about indulgences. Mm-hmm. We've already hit the indulgence part. Right. Um, so we're we're gonna we're gonna skip that. So we're on paragraphs fourteen sixty eight through fourteen seventy, which are gonna cover the effects of the sacrament of penance. And then paragraphs fourteen eighty through fourteen eighty four, which is gonna cover the right of the sacrament of penance. So beginning at the beginning with fourteen sixty eight, the effects of the sacrament. The whole power of the sacrament of penance consists in restoring us to God's grace and joining us with him in an intimate friendship. Reconciliation with God is thus the purpose and effect of this sacrament. Well, that's pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah. The sacrament of reconciliation or penance is uh, is all about reconciling us to God. Mm-hmm. And you just say that and it just kind of rolls off the tongue. But to think about what it took to have us brought back to the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. It took the son. It took the Father sending forth His Son, right, His only begotten, the one that He loves, to suffer to die, and He willingly accepts that. He takes upon Himself all of the sins of humanity, all that had happened, all that will happen, and He takes them on into Himself, and then suffers and dies, and then He sends forth His Holy Spirit to continue this work among us. Mm-hmm. And God bringing us back when we gone astray, right? Constantly, not just that like we did once and now now we're back and now everything's hunky-dory, but he we constantly inflict new uh new pains in the father's heart mm-hmm. and he keeps bringing us back. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, is so beautifully imaged in Jesus's story, the prodigal son, right? The son that goes away is prodigal, he's wasteful, and the father's mercy is just absolutely abundant. And so what does it mean to be reconciled? It means to be brought back into friendship with the Lord. And we can't do that on our own, mm-hmm. right? We can't We can't will that. We can't hope for that. We can't just uh, make it happen through whatever, whatever ways, you know, like we just, you know, hear the right poetry and then we feel like, oh, I feel better. I feel like I'm back on good terms with God. Mm-hmm. We can't do that on our own because it's infinite. We've... We've harmed an infinite being. It takes infinite love to bring us back. Mm-hmm. So he brings us back, and that's what reconciliation is all about. Mm-hmm. Bringing sinners home, restoring us to friendship. Mm-hmm. Mm. Love it. Oh, my gosh. And then this, the result of it, though, it is usually followed by peace and serenity of conscience mm. with strong spiritual consolation. Mm-hmm. And you, you hear that in the words of absolution, may God grant you pardon and peace. Mm. And that peace, I mean, that's real, right? Because the weight of our sins, we all know this, like the, the conscience that weighs upon us. And if we really think about what sin does and how much it harms our relationship with the Lord, um, that should devastate us, right? And the fact that that's lifted is remarkable. Mm. The fact that that's why we're wiped clean when we don't deserve it, right? Nothing we've done to earn it. That's amazing. Mm. And how could that not bring absolute peace and just kind of awe at God's goodness? Mm-hmm. So I think on top of that, uh, for a lot of us, maybe not every time you um, receive the sacrament, but <clears throat> there are certainly times where it's pure agony, like getting mm. yourself into the sacrament of reconciliation, or maybe you've been away for a long time, or maybe it's your first time going, whatever it is, but the nerves, the the torment that like comes upon a soul prior to that receiving that sacrament and then to receive it. Yeah. And to have that piece of like, you feel it all the more the peace, I think because of all the torment (laughs) that you're going to. And like you said, we can't, we can't earn this um, gift of, of mercy. We can't go out and just 
make it happen for ourselves, um, but we can certainly refuse it. And that's a trap that a lot of us fall into from time to time um, is that we refuse that. Don't think we're worthy of it or don't think we need it or for whatever reasons, we just refuse to receive his mercy um, and to be reconciled with God. Um, It it goes on this paragraph to say that indeed the sacrament of reconciliation Reconciliation with God brings about a true spiritual resurrection. Think about that. A spiritual resurrection, restoration of the dignity and blessings of the life of the children of God, of which the most precious is friendship with Mm. God. So that that resurrects our soul in a way, um, brings us back into friendship with him. You think about that story of the prodigal son again, mm. though. Two times that father says, this son of mine who is dead has come to life mm. again. He was lost and has been found. Mm-hmm. He wasn't actually dead, right? Mm. But his relationship with his father was dead, mm. and he's come to life again. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens to us, right? Mm. Sometimes mortal sin, our soul is dead, and then comes to life again through the power of Christ's death and resurrection. Utterly remarkable. That's right. We also read in Scripture, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who have no need of repentance. Sure. Um, and that's a good one to kind of keep on repeat, too, when when you are feeling that torment of unworthiness and, you know, undeserving of the Lord's mercy, whatever it might be, to remind yourself of the truth of the matter, right? Um, yeah. We all are, and that's where the Lord yes. really loves us. And that's why he came to save us. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and like you said so beautifully before, not just like what already has been done, you know, but what would will be done, you know, yeah. in our lives and the lives that are to come still, too. Yeah. Um, what about 1469, too? What about that? Yeah. I mean, so it reconciles us with the church because mm-hmm. sin damages uh, our relationships with each other mm-hmm. in in a real way, right? Like if I go out and punch somebody, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to damage our relationship. Mm-hmm. But actually, you know, we're part of this larger body of Christ that our sins are never private because they they damage and you can like it doesn't take much to to think about this right even if if i'm struggling with greed and i'm buying this this and this i'm less likely to serve the poor Mm. if i don't have that money or you know sister whatever comes up and asks asks for a little help you know to to help with the poor people in cincinnati oh sister sorry i can't help you because i just blew money on a you know dinner that i didn't need so um so in a, in a real way, we can make like the literal connections as to how they hurt the church. But then the spiritual, like the church, the church is lacking because all of our sanctities are not as great as they possibly could be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that hurts. Um, so it's also one of the reasons why we go to, why confession is not just a me and God thing. Mm-hmm. I think this is in God's wisdom that because we also need to be reconciled to the church. So the priest in the confessional not only represents Christ, but he also represents the entire body of the church of reconciling the person. Mm-hmm. Um, but how about this? The, the effects, so that's the effects, right? The revitalizing effect on the life of the church, which suffered from the sin of one of her members. The church is revitalized mm-hmm. every time a person goes to confession. Mm-hmm. I love that. Like revitalize. Like we want. We want to give new energy. We want to give new thrust. Mm-hmm. You think. Well, what program can I start? What group can I volunteer? Just go to confession, mm-hmm. right? And that's going to re-energize the uh, the church. I was. Yeah. This has really made me ponder to the reality and the beauty of uh, Lent. Of course, we're approaching Lent here. Sooner than later, it is coming. Right. Where are we? Like a week and a half away. Roughly? Two weeks from today. Oh, is Ash yeah, Wednesday. That's right. Today's Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Two weeks from today. So we're really close. And to think about that, how um, the the emphasis we put on prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, of course, 
reconciliation. It's a time where a lot of people who have been away from the sacrament for a while will make a return to the sacrament. Yeah. And to think about the um, the beauty of that as a body of Christ, the what, yeah, what you were just saying, right? The yeah. the re- revitalization of us as a whole church because of that, because yeah. we're we're amplifying these things that we should be doing day in and day out, like all year long that we forget about and mm-hmm. get into our old habits, old routines, old vices kind of take over. And here we are entering more fully into it. And this revitalization, like preparing us to actually celebrate the joy of Easter, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, golly. So yeah, to remember oh, that. That's golly. my least favorite part of sin. Like I hate sin, but my least favorite part is that um, it doesn't just affect me. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's contagious. It doesn't sure. just affect me. And even, like, this is on, a, on of course, a spiritual level, but even psychologically to think about what my sin does psychologically to the person, <laughs> especially a young, impressionable mind, right? Yeah. Like, and to not get lost in that reality of how unworthy we are, how terrible we are, how our sins have, like, done X, Y, Z, damaged this. Sure. I remember holding my, my newborn son for one of the first times and just looking down at him and going, oh, I don't know how, but I'm totally going to mess him up. Like, <laughs> why did you do like yeah. you should not have given what him have you to me done? <laughs> this was an utter mistake on your part yeah <laughs> like i don't i'm somehow gonna mess this up yeah um but to but what do those moments do when we're feeling the weight of our our imperfections our inabilities our weakness our humanity yeah. is essentially what we're feeling it turns us to christ it says well i need to depend on you i trust that your mercy is bigger than than all of this. I trust that even when I do make mistakes, that it can work for your greater good as long as I, you know, am striving to remain in this state of grace and reconciling myself with you and teaching him to do the same. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing too, I think, as a parent is to not just pretend like we don't have problems and we never make mistakes, because we totally do. Yeah. Um, but then to apologize oh. and to let your children see you doing that. You know, I lost my temper earlier. I'm really sorry about that. I should not have done that. I'm really sorry. Yeah. Type of thing, right? And then that encourages that same behavior. Anyway, but to to that reality of our sin doesn't just affect doesn't just affect us. Me. Yeah. Even the ones we think are most private. Right? right. I mean, even just like for example, like I was recently up late, too late watching watching a movie. And even halfway through I'm like, I should just turn this off and go to bed. Well, I didn't. Mm-hmm. The next day I was a bit cranky, mm-hmm. right? Like and it's like mm-hmm. that that was my own decision just like getting uh, shared with others. Sure. Yeah. Right. Sharon's not caring in that sense. <laughs> Sharing grumpiness. Anyways, all anyway, right. Okay. In the sacrament, the sinner placing himself before the merciful judgment of God anticipates in a certain way the judgment to which he will be subjected at the end of his earthly life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it anticipates like eternity mm-hmm. that we're going to go before Christ, who's the judge at mm-hmm. the end of our days. And basically everything's going to be laid before him, mm-hmm. just as it happens in the confessional, right? Mm-hmm. We lay lay before God all that we've done, all of our brokenness, and let him be the judge, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's really good. Actually, this is a really good news mm-hmm. because how are we dealt with? If the sacrament of reconciliation anticipates mm-hmm. uh, what's going to happen on judgment day, well, that one, every time you come, you're full, it's mercy, right? Mm-hmm. If you're willing to admit, the response is always, it's 10 times out of 10 is mercy. Mm-hmm. On our judgment day, if it's the same, mm-hmm. whew, every mm-hmm. time I've been going to confession, I've been preparing for this moment. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. I've been I've been studying. Now, granted, mm-hmm. I have a whole lot. You know, you don't want to get presumptuous, but mm-hmm. at least at least I know how the exam's going to look like. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the biggest part of that is that we're contrite and yeah. humble before Him, and again, willing to receive the mercy. Right? 
willing to yeah. not say I can do this on my own or I shouldn't have made those mistakes or I should have been better than that. Yeah. How could you? Right. Right. How could yeah. I? That kind right. of stuff. You're a priest. How could you do you know? Right. Or, or you've been doing this for so long. Right. Right. Yeah. Could you be could so you? dumb? Uh, <laughs> I actually, I really like the word judge there. Mm. I know people get all like, kind of like uneasy about, oh, judging. What, what, judging? <laughs> yeah. Or like Christ is going to judge. Mm-hmm. Who am I to judge? Mm-hmm. Like I actually think the word judgment is beautiful because you look at what a judge does. A judge's role, and maybe I've said this before, but a judge's role <clears throat> is to figure out what the truth is, right? The judge's role in a, um, in a court case is to hear opposite, opposite sides of a story, but the judge's role is always to say, this is the truth, right? This is the ruling. And, and even to met, meet out a, an appropriate like justice, right? To, to rehab mm-hmm. the person. Mm-hmm. And if that's what Jesus is, right? To figure out what the truth is, right? Mm-hmm. So we come, come to him with contrite hearts. And sometimes that truth is, um, actually, you were really selfish there. Or actually, it's you've been really too hard on yourself, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, but Christ's there to discover the truth. He's not mm-hmm. there to, to, uh, to just see if we're good enough. And if not, he's going to hit the button that goes straight to hell, Right, he's actually there to figure out what the truth of our lives are. The thing is, though, if we if we don't choose, if we're pretty content not choosing God, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever that means, right? Never going to confession, never praying, thinking we got it all, never going to mass. He's not going to force us to go to heaven, mm-hmm. right? He's not manipulative. He's not forcing us to to worship him. But if you want to, he's happy to have us. That's right. And to think about, too, this reality of his judgment and justice, again, just that those words can, like, stir up these negative connotations of this evil, demanding, right. fire and brimstone sort of um, image we can have falsely in our minds about who God is. Um, but the, his justice, too, going back into what the truth is and and this judge actually drawing the truth out and showing us what is really truth um, you know, God sees things that we have never seen and knows things that we can never know about of ourselves. Again, this is not talking about a spiritual sense, but just what we know from the study mm-hmm. of psychology and how something that happened to us as a young person certainly plays into how we act as an adult. And so we might be beating ourselves up over, I can't shake this thing, but this tragic thing happened to me as a child, which was totally no fault of your own, that you were perhaps a victim of in some way. And God sees that and brings the truth out to say, I know you've been carrying this cross. I know you've been struggling with X, Y, Z, but I see the truth. And not only then does it go beyond your, perhaps the, the person who, uh, um, was the assaultant in that crime or whatever it might be, but then what happened to them <laughs> that sure. pulled the trigger on them, you know? And God sees all of this this truth, right, as he's bringing us to this um, peace with him, this total reconciliation with him. And part of it is us coming to recognize that, that sure. he's way greater than we could ever mm-hmm. be and knows way more than we could ever know. And again, it's about humbling ourselves before him right. and receiving his mercy. Right. Yeah. So oftentimes, you know, when we think about judgment we're thinking about fire we're thinking <laughs> about all sorts of bad stuff you know we have props today in the studio i know so i just found these in my pocket i had to light a candle for something uh-huh. and i was like i got matches in my pocket yeah. when did i pick up smoking i haven't you always have matches in your pocket i used to you don't do that anymore yeah okay. i used to in case of birthdays yeah he would always carry a candle and a match so yeah. that if it was the somebody's candles all melted together oh. and uh so that hasn't happened in some time so way to work that in. I saw yeah. your face like light up like a little kid, like Ooh. so you just worked that That's in well. It's <laughs> It's a Lord of the Rings reference, huh? By the way, I did get to finish my movie on my long drive oh, to Florida. Nice. So yeah. yeah. So anyway. Okay, and I really loved in this paragraph too, we've been talking about 1470. 
Um, just this phraseology, road of conversion. Mm. For it is now in this life that we are offered the choice between life and death. And it is only by the road of conversion that we can enter the kingdom from which one is excluded by grave sin. And converting to Christ through penance and faith, the sinner passes from death to life and does not come into judgment. And that is quoting John 5, 24. But mm. this idea of being on this road of conversion, right? That in this life, this is the time to choose life and death. And this should be the road that we're on is one, a continuous conversion, yeah. which is going to cons- re- require constant pit stops along the way to reconcile ourselves That's right, with and get God. back on track. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Stop and ask for directions. Huh? Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to jump, jump, jump around to <laughs> 1480 to 1484, the celebration of the sacrament of penance. So like all the other sacraments, the sacrament of penance is a liturgical action, right? Mm-hmm. And a liturgy has a right, you know, we talked about the right of, of penance is a, is a book that's like a ritual, right? There's a certain ritual. It's not just, you know, we make it up how, however the priest mm-hmm. feels fit. So it's a liturgical action, the elements, and then 1480 kind of gives an outline of the elements. And so it, it gives like this ideal form of the sacrament of penance, which I don't know if you, as you're reading, it's like, I don't feel like that always happens, right? A reading of the word of God. Mm -hmm. The rite of penance does suggest that. Mm -hmm. Um, It just hasn't, you know, uh, it's not the most practical thing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So it it hasn't gotten a whole lot of usage, at least around in the United States. But in an ideal world, this is what it is. Now maybe just making excuses for myself because Mm -hmm. I generally don't have, you know, a reading from the word of God with every penitent. So... Mm -hmm. Well, so that's what it's saying here. The celebration are ordinarily these, a greeting and blessing from the priest, mm-hmm. reading the word of God, and why. So this this paragraph points this out, why? To illuminate the conscience, to elicit contrition, and um, f- to provide an exhortation to repentance. So really, what a good examination should be doing, sure. the, which, is, which is very much encouraged in this country, what a good examination should be doing before you enter into the confessional is what the purpose of that word of God. And I would imagine if you're in the confessional and you have a penitent in front of you who really is stuck and is like, oh, I don't know what to say in here, sure. that you would walk them through oh, yeah. <laughs> some stirring of the Holy Spirit to write. Ten commandments, right. beatitudes, <clears throat> seven deadly sins. To do just this, right? right? Okay, and then the penitent, of course, makes the confession, which acknowledges sins and makes them known to the priest, the imposition and acceptance of a penance, the priest's absolution, and then a prayer of thanksgiving and praise and the dismissal with the blessing of the priest, right? Okay. Yep. Okay. And then in 1481, we got this little note about the Byzantine liturgy. Uh, words of absolution yeah. in the Byzantine liturgy? Like, yeah. that, was, that was dope. I love that. Yeah, read that, will you? All right. Nobody's getting absolution here, just so we're clear. Right. I don't have permission to use the Byzantine liturgy, so <laughs> right. everybody in this room, your sins are not forgiven. <laughs> <laughs> May the same God who through the prophet Nathan forgave David when he confessed his sins, who forgave Peter when he wept bitterly, the prostitute when she washed his feet with her tears, the publican and the prodigal son, through me, a sinner, forgive you both in this life and in the next and enable you to appear before his awe-inspiring tribunal without condemnation. He who is blessed forever and ever. Amen. What? All the biblical references, Nathan, prodigal son, the woman. And I I just love that reality that the priest is sitting, sitting before, which is, of course, what's happening in 
our liturgy as well. Mm -hmm. But may the same God who through the prophet Nathan forgave David, even going back to the Old Testament and that example of that. So David needs to be forgiven. God does that through the person, the prophet Nathan. Nathan. May the same God who allowed that to happen allow the forgiveness of your sins through me, a sinner. That's powerful stuff. And the reminder of why we need a priest or why God has put that, why he has established it that way to, um, yeah, to receive forgiveness through... Mm -hmm. Sinners like you priests. That's right. (laughs) Sinners like us priests. (laughs) But anyway. I said it better myself. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, that was. Humility, what's really impressive, actually. Yeah. By the way, that quote made it on our quote wall, which is really filling up. Just reading what I myself already said. A nice slice of humble pie. Some days I eat so much, I feel gluttonous. good stuff by the way my eyes are getting really terrible i can barely see some glasses i don't think yours will yours will help and i didn't bring mine in actually those don't make it that much worse i was expecting them to be really bad they don't make it better but they don't really make it worse either anyway i really noticed that on my week away like oh i probably need to go to the eye doctor okay anyway moving on sacrament of penance can also take it place in the framework of a communal celebration and then kind of what does that mean we prepare ourselves together for confession and give thanks for the forgiveness we receive so it's like we prepare ourselves together everybody goes to confession individually and then we all gather to give thanks to god Mm -hmm. um again that that actually seems to be losing popularity it was Mm -hmm. kind of a real big uh a real big push for it but it just seems to slowly be um not nearly as popular and i can just say from my own experience being on both sides of those when you have that many people and it's like we're all going to everybody's waiting to go to go to confession and then after you go to confession everybody's waiting to give thanks to God it feels like you're in a uh, it feels like you're in like a assembly line right like efficiency becomes the name of the game and that doesn't seem to do justice mm-hmm. to and of course so i'm not saying this is the wrong way to do it mm-hmm. just um I guess I'm making an apology as to why, not mm. apology like I'm sorry, but just an explanation as to why, mm. why they don't seem to be as popular anymore as mm-hmm. they might have been 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. One thing that these communal celebrations do, and this paragraph points out, is that they they do express clearly the ecclesial character of penance, which we talked that about. Right. That it does that make right. this obvious that this is a this is something that's happening within the church, right? Yeah. It's part of the liturgy. It is a liturgy. Our sins are again. It's not just a reconciliation between me and God. And now God and I are good. So the rest of you chumps figure yeah. your own thing out. Right. <laughs> when we're reconciled with God, we're, all, we're also reconciled together as a church. So it does make that more obvious. But yeah, the um, that reality is a hurdle to work through. Sure. Um, yeah, that's a really good point, though. The reminder of our sins affect the whole mm-hmm. church. 1483 going on talks about um, what this means, a grave necessity, mm, what this reality sure. is. In case of grave necessity, recourse may be had to a communal celebration of reconciliation with general confession and general absolution. So that would be um, like where we're not confessing one-on-one with a priest, right? But we've confessing perhaps in our hearts, and then we receive general absolution as a group. But mm. again, this is talking about grave necessity when this is possible, and then explaining... There's imminent danger of death. ...what grave necessity yeah. is, right? So I've never given general absolution, right? That mm. would be um, that would be the planes going down, right? All right, everybody stand, acknowledge your sins, mm-hmm. general absolution. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happens to me, but... <laughs> uh, and then... And then, you know, stuff like that. It happens oftentimes chaplains in battle. Mm-hmm. So if you're an army service chaplain and, you know, whatever, you get ambushed, take the guys in the room real quick, give them general absolution. Okay, guys. Mm-hmm. See you on the other side, boys. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So stuff like that, uh, imminent danger of death. 
Um, and there, there was some questions asked uh, in the coronavirus pandemic, right? Could a priest go out in the parking lot, everybody's there in their cars, and, uh, and offer general absolution to everybody? Doesn't seem to be an imminent danger of death. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and yeah, there were even questions about like, do they have to hear the priest's voice or can you do it over the phone or, you know, anything like that? And so it actually says here, a, um, the diocesan bishop is the judge whether or not the conditions required for general absolution exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it actually gives like clearly the diocesan bishop can't even say it's good if, so it says, a large gathering of the faithful on the occasion of major feasts or pilgrimages does not constitute a grave necessity. So a lot of people show up for confession because mm-hmm. it's Lent. Grave necessity is not, there's a lot of people here for confession. Let's just um, give them absolution. Because part of the conditions for general absolution is everybody has the intention as soon as possible to go to individual confession. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not like, okay, we did that. Sweet. All that theft I've been doing gone. Mm-hmm. It's our mortal sins. We still have to confess mm-hmm. whenever we uh, whenever we are given the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. so that was 1483. Yeah. And then this section wraps up in 1484. Individual integral confession and absolution remain the only ordinary way for the faithful to reconcile themselves with God and the church, unless physical or moral impossibility excuses from this kind of confession. There are profound reasons for this. Christ is at work in each of the sacraments. He personally addresses every sinner. My son, your sins are forgiven. He is the physician tending each one of the sick who need him to cure them. He raises them up and reintegrates them into fraternal communion. Personal confession is thus the form most expressive of reconciliation with God and with the church. So summarizing again, like the importance of this, this is the way and this is why. Mm-hmm. Okay. No. And I, one of those might just be like a, a caveat that it's the ordinary way, but not the only way. So for example, somebody is, uh, you know, I show up in the hospital, somebody's unconscious, probably not going to recover. Mm-hmm. You can give them absolution because in danger of death, it's kind of like all of the, we always tend towards liberality, right? Of being as generous as possible. Mm-hmm. But that's not to say, we'll just wait until you're unconscious and hopefully there's a priest that's ready to come and that way you don't actually have to confess. Don't do that. Yeah, that's not, that. that's, yeah, that's not what we're, not, not what I'm recommending at all. But if it gets to that, the Lord provides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yes. Because we manifest our sins and we receive mercy, like how important that is to to actually name them, to mm-hmm. to to know the ways of our brokenness. Mm-hmm. That's just like anybody who goes to the doctor, right? You show up to the doctor. Oh, I'm sick. You know, that'd just be like if we went to Christ and said, "Well, I'm a sinner," and mm-hmm. the doctor's, "Okay, well, where? Well, I'm sick. Well, I'm a sinner." Well, mm-hmm. detail it, right? Mm-hmm. To know our broken, not overly detail, mm-hmm. but uh, to be able to say all the ways that we need God's healing, mm-hmm. and then Christ can cure that, right? Mm-hmm. Actually, we're open to receive his healing, right? Mm-hmm. When we know where we need to be healed, then Christ is able to step in and say, okay, you, thanks for opening that part of your life to mm-hmm. me so that I can come in and, uh, and heal. He personally addresses every sinner. My son, your sins are forgiven. I love that. And knowing too, like what, what, knowing ourselves when the Holy Spirit enlightens us through a good examination or whatever it might be to know where our sins are, then we can almost take a step back and watch how God is, watch how God heals us, watch Mm -hmm. how he cures us. Like, um, 
my husband who works in the medical profession, when he sits down with a patient for the first time and they go through the laundry list of symptoms or ailments or whatever might be going on, um, you know, months after they're under care, he sits down with them again, does like a follow-up. Okay, well, how's this? How's this? You, when you came in here on day one, you had X, Y, Z. How's that going? And it's he's always surprised to hear like people, oh, I forgot I had that. Oh, yeah, that was an issue for me. Oh, that went away too. Oh, yeah, I didn't know. So like that reality of you forget how bad you were. Yeah. And so when you name it or when you're when you're come face to face with your sins, it allows God to like really marvel you, to really yeah. like astound you and put you in awe of, I want all of this and I want to heal. Yeah. All of it. Again, not because you just want to feel bad and what a sinner am I, but he wants to take it all and nail it with him on the cross. So, Boom. Boom. All right. Anything else, Padre? I don't think so. That, that's a wrap, I believe. Okay. Well, let's throw that dart. Let's do it. All right. A couple in brief paragraphs to summarize. 1496. The spiritual effects of the sacrament of penance are reconciliation with God, by which the penitent recovers grace, reconciliation with the church, peace and serenity of conscience and spiritual consolation, and increase of spiritual strength for the Christian battle. Um, there are a few more, but I'm just summarizing the few we talked about today. Um, individual and integral confession of grave sins followed by absolution remains the only ordinary means of reconciliation with God and with the church. Okay. Where are we going? To the catechism. <laughs> Living the truth. Ew. 2464 to 2474. So we forgot to mention, like, where were we today in this? Like, what section of, of the catechism? Right. First section's all about the creed. Mm-hmm. Second is all about the sacraments. Third, morality. Fourth, prayer. We mm-hmm. were in the second section, all about the very end of the part about the sacrament of penance. Mm-hmm. Right? And then the anointing of the sick follows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... All right. Yep. So, so we're going to living in the truth. I wonder if that's, uh, it's probably in the part about bearing false witness against thy neighbor. Oh. Living in the truth. Yeah. Ten commandments. Nice. Good. Sweet. That's good stuff. 2464 to 2474. All right. Well, there was a quote in um, our reading today from St. John Paul II. It was a dope quote. It was a dope quote. So on with scripture. <laughs> And with that quote, first of all, from John chapter 20, verse 19, 22 through 23. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, Jesus showed himself to his apostles. He breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. And now a word from our sponsor, no, (laughs) from our patron, John Paul II. It must be recalled that this reconciliation with God leads, as it were, to other reconciliations, which repair the other breaches caused by sin. The forgiven penitent is reconciled with himself in his inmost being, where he regains his innermost truth. He is reconciled with his brethren, whom he has in some way offended and wounded. He is reconciled with the church. He is reconciled with all creation. 